tuned in to Word of Mom Radio here on the Word of Mom Media Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Ordinary People, Extraordinary Lives. My name is Jeanette Paxia, and my sole purpose is to support others in living the life that makes them happy because, face it, life is too short to live unhappily. Today, my guest is Dr. Lucette Bell, and we're going to just refer to her as Dr. Lucette, who I have seen do a lot of things that really I connected with, including her program, which you're going to hear, including the name of it, which really got me to stop and take notice. And I enjoy talking to anybody who is working to help others improve their lives using our own stories. And we just were having a conversation of that. And the reason that I started the show in the first place was because I know that we all have these stories out there, things that we've been through. It doesn't matter if you're famous or not famous, if you're in the spotlight or not. We all have stories that we can use to share with others. You've probably heard it before if you've heard my show, but I was a nurse on the floor and I would talk to all of these vets who'd been out there and had all of these great stories that no one was listening to. And so I wanted to make sure to have a platform to share stories with people so that we can see that we've all had things happen to us that we can reflect on, move through, and then move forward. So welcome, Dr. Lucette. It's so nice to have you on the show. Thank you for taking the time to be with us today. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm so excited. It's very fun. It's so funny that we both are looking to go from ordinary to extraordinary for everyone. People have the option to live an extraordinary life, and it's not out of reach at all. It's, um, not for anyone. I, I think we can all work towards our goals and, and do that. So do you want to Give us a little bit of a background about you. and Sure. My father was a veterinarian. And then, honestly, when I first graduated from high school and went to college, I wanted to be a veterinarian since I was eight years old, but I didn't think I was smart enough. So I got a business administration wow. degree, confidence, and minor in accounting. And then I ended up going back to veterinary school several years later. I was uh, 33 when I graduated from veterinary school, and I'll have been a veterinarian for 30 years in May of this year. I built my own practice and opened it almost 23 years ago. I sold it in June, and I had it for 22 years, built it from scratch, and opened it. But as happens often, I have stories and things that happen that change the trajectory. So I have loved very much being a veterinarian, but I also have this passion to help others because I've been through some significant challenges in my life, and those challenges, getting through them and learning how to not just survive but thrive and learning that I could choose to live an extraordinary life changed the direction of my life and set me on a path to share what I've learned with others because I believe we all have the opportunity to get to choose that, but we don't realize it. And we don't know how many times that we're actually blocking it with our thoughts. We're taught to think in a way that actually makes it hard sometimes for us to figure things out. And there's easier ways and there's pathways. And, and that's, I have a, it's called the three R's to retrain your brain, mm-hmm. uh, reverse your learning, rebuild your resilience and reframe your perspective. And it's all I like about that, the three R's. Yeah. And it's, and retrain your brain because we think in ways that actually cripple us, but we're mm-hmm. kind of taught that like society works that way. We're taught to live from the outside in and really be dependent on others telling us who we should be and what we should do. And it starts really early. And we're not taught. It starts very early. Yeah. Especially the, the negative thoughts. And the... and people don't mean to be, but they, and, 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 and our own voice in our heads, but we learn that. We weren't born with the, the voice that speaks so negatively to us. 
But many of us have had it for so long, we don't know we weren't born with it. You know, it's like a part of us. And to learn to be able to recognize that and reframe it, and, oh, it's magic. And that was like it's, you can catch yourself at the moment. It's a working yeah. I mean, it's something that you work on and work on, and I think that you build a new habit of creating positive thoughts and not focusing on those negative thoughts. I use the steps that I've created. Like, I use them all the time. Like, mm-hmm. I, it's so nice to have those tools and be able to clearly know, recognize, and choose. And you find yourself off here or there. Somebody says something and it takes you out of your game. Or, I mean, just the other day, I'd, I'd been sick and running a fever. And then I realized that the thoughts going through my head were, you know, you've been lazy the last few days. <laughs> I was running a fever and sick. Time to rest, I, like, I think. <laughs> Well, then I started, I I started laughing out loud. I had a conversation, you know, it's like, no, you've been sick. You need, because it's important to change. You can laugh, but also change that because your body Mm -hmm. takes in what your brain is telling it as far as healing and everything else. So you want to change those words. You want to recognize them and be able to change. And those ruts, those thoughts that you don't even realize you're thinking that are keeping you from your visions and your goals. And that's, that's what I teach is how to recognize those and how to change them and, you know, how to get to the space where your you, resilience is second nature because you've been able to change your thinking. That's it. It's building that new habit. And when you're sick, you can get into that rut, but knowing that that's your body telling you it's time to rest. Maybe you weren't listening before, but it's time to rest and rejuvenate. We all need that time to step back. And take a moment just to rest. And it's hard when you're working hard every day, especially when you're helping others and you don't want to take that break because you see your vision coming to fruition and you see that you're helping others. But in order to help others, you also have to take care of yourself. And knowing that you're building that new habit of creating self-care, of creating positive thoughts. You refer to when you're young and that those thoughts can start, you know, those negative thoughts can start when you're young. We are trained that way without, I don't like, I don't think people intentionally are teaching us that way. No, it's the way that they, not. that they think, right? Yeah. I mean, it's looking in the exactly. mirror and finding all that stuff that we can't stand about it ourselves. Can you refer back to when you're 12 years old and what advice would you give your 12 year old self now if you went back to talk to them? Honestly, so much. And I would give myself this advice, but you know, you need the nurturing to go with it, that you are born worthy and you are so loved. And that's just a given, right? Absolutely. I just did not feel worthy. What I mean by that is, you know, your parents love you, but it feels conditional because it doesn't feel like they love you when you're not doing things the way they want you to do them, or at least it didn't for me. And God, the universe, that love is unconditional, and you're so loved. And when we when we feel like love is conditional, and that feels like a big part of it, that's part of us getting to the space where we're really not letting in that huge, huge love that's there for us. And that's when we were talking about taking care of yourself when you're sick. You can only receive as big as you believe. You have to let that you love in. You have to allow it and to come you in. Can't, we're taught giving is more, it's better to give than to receive. But if you don't receive, you have nothing to give. But and I think when you're 12, you also have a different idea. So as a mom, I do things for my kids that is my way of showing love. It's like the five love languages, which I have, I have not yet read. It's on my shelf. But I do know a little bit about it. And the way I show love and the way they accept or think that I'm showing them love is different. 
And I think that's part of it too. You don't have that perspective when you're 12 of, yes, my mom is doing my laundry and, or whoever is in your life. That means that she cares for me and she's making sure that I'm taken care of and she's making sure I have what I need. But at that age, I don't think that you know that maybe that love is being shown and you're, you are loved, but you just are not feeling it because in, in your mind, it's a different concept. You know, everybody doing their best, you're still going to have challenges and things to learn as you grow into your adulthood and figure things out, right? It's, it took me years, many, many years to gain, you know, in bits and pieces, that worthiness and that love piece. And it's so much a part of what I share because when we don't believe we're worthy. We can't even, we, it, it's hard to live your vision. How can you even picture the vision as big as it is you could have and you're, you know, could step into and, and what you could actually do in life that also the bigger you live, the more you are able to give to others. And it doesn't mean that it's demanded of you that you give. When you live big, you're automatically giving other people the opportunity to live big. And when we don't believe it and accept our worthiness, we're not giving that to our children. We're not giving that to everyone around us. Your employees, it's, it's, it's very interesting as you see yourself start to grow and blossom, you can see that that's true because you can see the effect it's having on the people around you. And you're like, wow. Because there's been times when I say, why, God? Why why me? What what makes me oh, worthy yes. of this? And why, like, yes. Why and, and, like, and negative and positive? Why me and the, why do you have well, me I was doing this? More the positive. Right. Yes. Uh, in the, it's because now I've transitioned to more of why me and not even realizing a lot of our why me and the negative is not God blocking. It's us. It's our way. It's what we're thinking. We're blocking him be receiving everything that's there for us to receive him, universe, whatever, whatever, energy, believe whatever. In, right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because, but it's you and your lack of belief blocking all that's meant for you coming in. And you, you don't even realize that with that negative judgmental voice in your head, all those things, you're holding the door shut. You're shutting Locking it out. your own success. Yes. I also think and, that giving, it doesn't have to be large. It doesn't have to be huge. It could be a smile to a person at when you go to the store. It could be opening the door for somebody. It could be, you know, handing someone something that they need or helping someone. It doesn't have to, I think, too, that people feel like if they're giving, it has to be this big, huge, grand gesture. But sometimes all those little things that you do, mean a lot more than the big grand gestures. And I think that that we should live that way. It fills your soul back up. Mm -hmm. Like if you're home and you're working in Zoom, you know, you haven't been out. Sometimes I'm like, I just got to run an errand because I want to go talk to people. And Mm -hmm. when I go, my goal is to make that other person's day, right? The cashier, the, how are you doing today? How many times do they say, wow, thank you for asking? Before they even say anything else, they're just like, thank you for asking. You notice there was a human being on the other side of this. But so many times when you do that, you get so much back. Not do get back. It's just that this, I always say when you are in that space, it's not two plus two equals four. Because when you give, what you get back and that, that circle that happens when you let people give to you is huge. Right? You allow, because you're worthy to take it in. You're allowing people that you love to give to you, which is a gift to them. And we miss that. We miss that. And then it can't grow into the bigness that it's meant to be. 
because it just gets bigger and bigger. You allow it in, you give it back out because your heart is full, and they do the same, and that ripple effect is huge. And I love the ripple effect, and I don't need to see where it goes. I just know that I started the ripple, and I want it to grow. I mean, sometimes people come back to me later and say, do you know that this, you said this, or you, you did this? But I don't need that recognition. I just need to know that I'm doing my best to shine a light in someone else's life and do, and that's every day, all day long. And sometimes you don't feel like it, or sometimes, you know, like you said, you want to get out and just see some people because, you know, you're all day long inside. But you see a smile, you give a smile, and it can change your whole day and make you aware of the importance. We're here, these little things that we're so stressed about, and I'm, you know, I'm not saying I'm, I don't get stressed. I, we do. We're busy and we're stressed. These little things that we stress about all day long, sometimes we just need to step back and realize that we are have this moment. This is the moment we have. Stop and give someone a smile. Stop, stop and, and ensure that you see them. I think sometimes people don't see other people because they're in their own thoughts and that you, you recognize them and what they're doing. And I think that in the business that we're in, we are in front of a lot of people and we're seeing, but there's every job is important. And Oprah says this a lot. Everything that you're doing, it doesn't matter what job you're doing. It's important and you can use it to serve others and help others. So making sure that we let other people know that we see them, I think is very important. I didn't do it. When I go to work, because I still work part-time picking, you know, doing covering relief shifts at different veterinary clinics. And when I'm going, my whole goal, and really every day when I get up, it's like, how can I be a vessel? How can I love and serve whoever I encounter in whatever ways that I can encounter? Because that's the person I want to be. And that's part of an extraordinary life because the encounters that you have and what you get back is, you know, and I don't mean it like you, you don't do it to get back. It just happens. And then it continues to flow in such a beautiful way to so walk in the door and you you talk to the staff and you enter, you know, you want to do the best for the clients and the staff and be someone that they know they can count on and that they know they're going to get a smile from or a joke or, you know, treats or a card, just different things. Because when we live that way, you just see the beauty in people and in life. And my dad was great at everyone was important and he never saw anybody as less than anybody else. And, you know, we get people that way and, and it's, it's part of my DNA, right? And, and I, it, every single person has value and there's everybody, no one, yeah. there's no one that has more value than anybody else, regardless of their job as a human being, their value, everybody. And, and for me, everybody is just as worthy and everybody, it doesn't matter where they could be in prison right now. They still are worthy of an extraordinary life. And everybody is. Possible. Yeah. And I'm sure that you've seen it in your line of work as a veterinarian that uncon it's like the unconditional love that an animal gives you. It's that unconditional, I you know what, no matter what, both my dogs are at my feet. No matter what, I've, what kind of day I've had, they don't care. They still love me unconditionally, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like that unconditional love. So if you compare it to that of an animal, you know, that just gives that unconditional love and they don't care what you look like. They don't care what you're wearing. They don't care what perfume, if you have makeup on, they don't care what they just want to love you. And I, and I think that that's, it's a good way to live. 
I see it as too, is like when I finally really completely got it, that God universe, that's how we're loved. All of us. It's not based on what we look like, what we do, what we don't do. It's not based on anything. We are just loved. And it is unconditional love like animals. And animals can remind you. You love on them and play with them, and they come home, and they're here. And it reminds you of that. And that's the love. No one's perfect at it. We have moments, always, when someone is a challenge, you know, as humans. But it's the goal is as much as possible, that's the space I want to be in, loving other people. That. And people mistake that to think you don't have boundaries. You actually have better boundaries in that sense because when you don't feel like you are doing something, it's not my responsibility to change the other person. It's just my responsibility to love and accept them where they are. And I don't have to accept them sitting right next to me or in my house if that's not appropriate. But I don't have to judge them or be mad at them or decide that they need to be different. I don't have to do any of that. I can say that, who they are is just who they are at this point in time. And I trust that their journey is their journey. And I wish them many blessings. And if in some way, moment, I can be a blessing, great. You know, yeah, that doesn't mean they're going to be with you all the time or, you know, be a part, they can be part of your life for a minute. They can be part of your life for your lifetime. You you never know. It sounds to me like you've done a lot, been through a lot. What would you say stands out as one of your best accomplishments? And what obstacles did you have to overcome? Yeah, you know, accomplishments is kind of a tricky word. So I thought, well, I guess one of my best accomplishments is actually becoming a veterinarian. That's not that easy, right? Mm -hmm. And, And I had to gain confidence in myself. Obviously, I didn't get smarter. I was plenty smart all along. I just didn't trust that. Um. And so the reason I went back, uh, so that is a huge accomplishment. One of the biggest things I had to overcome was really myself, was believing in myself. Um, and once that was true, then then school was not hard, you know. Um, it was just a matter of getting to the point where I believed that I could do it. And then, and then, and then you know, obviously the discipline to – do the schoolwork. But that had to change your whole life if you, a lot of people go to college and do the things that other people want them to do or what they think they should be doing and not really what they want to do, right? My mother did want me to be a veterinarian. She wanted me to be an accountant. So how did that change your life, doing the thing that you loved and going to work every day doing the thing you loved instead of doing something that someone else thought you should be doing? How did that change for you? It changed my life in a lot of ways because the income was a lot different. So it gave me a lot more independence. Um, And then, but just going to work every day where you loved it. Yeah. Yeah. So everything about it changed my life because I could, I could do more of what I wanted to do outside of work as well as enjoy what I was doing when I was working. So yes, that was, that was a beautiful gift. And And I think we can't always, absolutely love every day at work or, you know, but at least doing something that you love, if even if it's not full-time every week, but just focusing on something that you love and doing that, mm-hmm. that's going to change your whole life because absolutely. you're not dreading walking, walking into work. You're not dreading what you're doing. You're enjoying it. And I think that is another way to give to others because when you're enjoying and when you're happier, that lifts the vibration everywhere. Agreed. Uh, I so agreed. And, you know, there came a point where, shockingly, I thought I would, I built my own practice 
and opened it in 2001. And I thought that I would would be there until I retired. And and the life trajectory changed. And I ended up deciding to sell it last year, which was a huge decision for me to pursue something else. I wasn't ready to retire. I just, my passions changed. What was important to me changed out of the life challenges that, that I encountered. So through your challenges, things change in your life. I don't, I feel like when you're 18 or 19 and you're going off to college, if that's your choice or that's your path, and trying to figure out what you want to do with your entire life, and it's not necessarily what you're choosing at that time is not necessarily what you'll end up doing. Trust me, I'm doing a completely different thing than, you know, I went to school for. But it's that choice at the moment. So enjoy that choice because I see these kids are struggle with trying to figure out what they want to do and, oh, what's my major going to be and everything. Pick what you're going to what you're doing at this moment, enjoy it. And then if you change, you change. It doesn't mean you necessarily have to do what, you know, you directly went into school for. I think society puts a lot of pressure on them. It's so young. So young to figure it out. For the rest of their lives. And society implies that it's for the rest of their life. And, Mm -hmm. you know, all of it comes together. My business degree was useful whenever Mm -hmm. I became a Education, I think, is always useful. Open my own practice, you know. Um, and the the thing that changed my life forever was coming to a point of realizing that I had to get divorced and that it mattered. It was very important to leave my ex because of the way he treated our daughter. I really left on that. Not I still, at that point, didn't take in the way he treated me. And so I did not ask for child support because it was a whole thing, and he threatened to go after the, the my business. Um and I just felt like it was a, the wisest thing to do. And three days after my divorce was final, I found a lump in my breast. And less than two weeks later, I was diagnosed with cancer. And I had, was facing a 15-month treatment plan as a single parent with no child support. I was also self-employed, so I had no paid sick days. And that was life-changing for me in a big, big way. I was determined not to collapse, not to become non-functional. And I had seen someone in a different situation, but in a situation where they were getting divorced where they just completely, and I was, I I just, it was an acquaintance, but I just, I I didn't want that to happen. And it was when I was overwhelmed, you know, I really had to trust, put faith, you know, in, in God and just give some things that I just couldn't do and let it show up. And I learned so much in going through that time period. And that was the beginning of the change. That was the beginning of really learning to think differently and operate from a different space. Of course, the some of the things that I got during that time period, it's like you said, you know, you go forward and then you go back. You go back and you learn and you go forward again. I, I, I mean, it. Yeah, it's just I finished cancer treatment in 2011, and it started in December of 2009. I finished in March of 2011, and my brother had a traumatic brain injury, an accident, horse accident, traumatic, severe traumatic brain injury in August 15th of 2012. And ultimately, two years later in 2014, I stepped out of my business to bring him home from a mental hospital um, because... Otherwise, he was going to live there the rest of his life. So that was the other big life-changing. You've had a lot of big life-changing 
I almost lost my business doing that. Uh, and I had people who told me I, I would. And then I really struggled for a while. And I really, really felt overwhelmed. I was in a martyr space and in a, you know, just not a good space and struggled financially for over three years. And then one day I just said, are you going to lose everything or are you going to choose to do something different? And I got myself to Jack Canfield's one day to great, what is Break it? Breakthrough to success. Yeah. Well, no, it was, he had a one day program. One yeah. day. Not CTS. A There's a, yeah, like a one, one day, day program. And yeah. It was in Houston. I could drive down there. Um, mm-hmm. I did some Abraham Hicks thing. I just, I started just every day, every day, every morning, getting my chair, reading, praying, meditating, whatever I could do to start changing that thinking cycle. And literally three, over three years of struggling. And in less than a year, I was almost out of debt. And, and it was significant debt. And in less than two years, I had a cash down payment and I bought this house. It was about changing my mindset. And once I changed my mindset, then all the things started coming into, you know, the ideas and the ways to change and the things that would work and uh, started coming because I was in the mindset to receive them. And then I really learned the things that go into extraordinary life. And my passion for that became so great that that is, that is my passion. I still enjoy being a doctor, but more than running a business or being a doctor full-time, my passion really, really is giving other people the opportunity to learn what I learned to, because now I've created structure so that they can live an extraordinary life and they don't have to wallow in that space and they don't have to lose everything and they don't have to find their life battled or, you know, around by what other people think and whether they can get people to believe in them or they know how to connect and learn to believe in themselves and get to live their life. And on that note, we are going to stop right here for a second to take a quick break and say thank you to our sponsors. We'll be right back on Word of Mom Radio. You know me. I am always looking for natural ways to increase my health. And I have to say that Magic Mind is a very cool liquid. comes in a little small bottle that you drink as a shot. It is 12 magical ingredients that are going to offer you maximum absorption. And you know what? Clarity, energy, and a nice calm at the same time. Go to magicmind.com. Give it a try. You'll be glad that you did. She is brave. She is bold. She is you. And we want to tell your story. Are you ready to share your journey with us on Word of Mom Radio? Go to wordofmomradio.com and register as a guest. We want to tell your story because when you win, we all win. In 2017, Unsilenced Voices was formed to help survivors of domestic abuse and gender-based violence worldwide. The organization currently serves Sierra Leone, Rwanda, Ghana, and the USA. In 2022, Unsilenced Voices gifted over $33,000 to survivors in the USA. And in Sierra Leone, there are over 26 young girls who have been rescued from sex trafficking and domestic abuse and now going through vocational training school in order to better their lives. We need your help. Donations are critical in order for us to continue our work. We also need volunteers to help with research and development. Please visit unsilencedvoices.org for more information. 
Don't let the name fool you. StadiumBags.com is not just for sports fans. Our clear bags make it easier for you to get into any venue that you go to. And in today's world where we are so concerned about germs, the materials that our bags are made with are strong enough to stand up to the solvents that you can use to clean your bag so you know you come home safely. Check out StadiumBags.com. You'll see why we are the clear choice safety it's in the bag so thank you dr lusa just what you were just saying about your mindset and changing that i think right before we went to break that just that phrase right there changing your mindset so you struggled for years you had medical struggles of your own you had a divorce you were a single mother you were running a business self-employed so that's a lot of pressure there then you had the issues with your brother all of that stuff When you were in the middle of all of that, I am sure there were many, many, many days where you felt like you were never getting out of this. How in the world are you going to get through and how are you going to make it? But changing your mindset and changing your thought processes, not only when you're up in this high, you know, plane where you're just, everything's going well, but believing and changing your mindset when you're down at the lowest point that you can be in or feel like you can be in. It's very, very important to move forward and very difficult. It's a difficult thing to do. But living that extraordinary life starts with the mind, right? And there's steps that you could do, and that's the thing. You you have to make it easy because if you tell yourself it's difficult, you're already struggling so much you can't get started. Mm -hmm. You have to make it easy, and you have to make it simple, and you have to just start choosing to at least want something and then start figuring out how to achieve it and believe that you can achieve it. And you can. I'm certainly here to attest to the fact that you can. And you can, you know, here's the thing. God wasn't punishing me in those three years. That's not part of it. It was me blocking what I could have had any point in time if I would have been able to get out of the, you know, feeling sorry for myself, feeling like, and really, I felt like a loser, even though people told me it would be a financial struggle. When it was, I felt like a loser. And I was, without meaning to and without putting a name to it at that point, I was punishing myself. I was working really hard, long hours. I wasn't coming up with, I was just working as hard as possible, wouldn't let myself go on vacations, you know, didn't go spend time with friends. I mean, I did a little bit, enough to still be here, right? But not like I could have and should have. And, and you know, when I started to change my mindset, it was a, it was definitely a step-by-step process, but I started to realize, you know, and you, we tend to isolate ourselves when we feel that way, when we feel like we're a loser. So we're not letting that love in that is trying, the universe is doing everything in its power to send it to us, and we're completely blocking it. And so that's part of, that's part of extraordinary life, really, is how to change your thinking and the steps and the processes that you can use to start moving the, what you've done that you're holding the door shut and you don't know it. You've closed all the windows and you've, you know, you're just determined that it's crazy because now I could, the the most beautiful thing I had in a way, beautiful, like it was going to happen either way. So being able to use it and see it as beautiful. So in 2020, really started late 2019, my mother's health started crashing and my dad was already in late stage dementia and I was the only one that could help them. And they they still lived on a 500-acre ranch in Oklahoma, and I'm here in Dallas, and I have a business 
that is a five to six day a week business. It's, we were right. open six days a week at that point. And we were heading into 2020. I, you know, 2020 was nuts for me. I lost my mom in January. I had to put my dad in memory care, had to find a place. Their whole, everything they owned was still in Oklahoma. Um, and we're going into the pandemic and I have an essential business to run. And I'm taking care of my dad here, still in some ways looking after my brother and and the estate. But I had all the tools then. Mm-hmm. And I used them. And so, yes, it was a challenge. Yes, there were moments that were painful and hard. But I was in such a different space. And so I got to see what happens when you put the tools in use, you understand them, you have them, and the difference. And how it all went for me, because I had just gotten to that good, better financial place when this all started happening. And I told myself, I am not going down that path again. I am not. I am going to take care of my parents. I I love them. I want to do this. I'm the only one that can do this. But I am not going to be a martyr. I'm not going to have that thinking process. I'm going to trust God and the universe every place that I, when it's out of my, it's too big. And, it's out of you, yeah. And, you and to- miracle after miracle, magic after magic happened. And that was still a hard year, but I bought my house during that year. The things that I had started positively going, I kept positively going. And even during the challenge, you know, my who I was and how I was able to get through that was so different than the previous really big things. In that process, though, so when you, so in the time you were going through all the struggles, but you were kind of in that low, and the time you're going through the struggles where you have the tools, what would you say, can you pinpoint one defining moment where you were standing there and going, you know what, this is awful, this is what I'm going through, but this is how I'm going to change it. Do you remember, like, did one thing happen to you? What made you decide to put those tools in place? Well, I was already using them. Right, because I wouldn't have been where I was already. I was already right. using them daily, and but yeah, I mean, I remember, you know, right after my mom passed away, a couple of days later, I looked at my friend who was staying with me for a few days at that point, and I was like, you know, I don't know where anything is. It happened all happened so fast. I don't know. I there, both their vehicles were still, and everything was still in that house, and you just can't leave that for a long period of time. I mean, that's. You know, I said, we need to go to Oklahoma. And then mom and dad had beautiful family friends. We had people that would meet us there to help, which was one of the uh, many blessings. And there were so many things that already happened before that, like with my mom. It's it's a whole story in itself. But God was so there, universe, magic, connections, by just every step of the way, trusting and, and following my instincts and believing in what was coming and, and how it was coming and so, but I remember being at the house and I'm talking to my parents' lawyer and there's so much going on and I'm trying to figure it out. And I hung up the phone and I just stood out there. I was out in the yard and it was, you know, the end of January, it's cold and bleak. And I was talking to God and I'm like, I am not, I am absolutely not going down that path. I am not going to get in financial stress. I am, I am trusting you. Everything that seems too big for me, I'm asking for your help. I'm trusting in your guidance. 
you've gotten me this far. I know that you're there and that I, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay in that space of watching for the intuitions and the miracles and and asking for you know like things like someone who was a good friend of my parents supposedly for years someone my mom trusted implicitly and was supposed to help me sell their ranch took me out in his truck with his business partner on the second weekend that we were there to sort through you know we had to find things like you know the paperwork the will right. the, yeah, all the things. and they weren't it. yeah and they were not in the safety deposit box they were all over the house and anyway he took me out and he and his business partner took me out away from everybody else and tried to have me sign a document to sell the ranch at auction with no reserves and no appraisal. And these were people that my mom trusted. And, you know, when I walked out from that, I was livid. You know, I gave him a piece of my mind, not with, and I said no. But when I stepped out, you know, I have this whole thing. Now I don't have him helping me. We're moving in towards the pandemic. I have the house. I don't know what I'm going to do. And I just said, you know what, God, I'm trusting that you got this. You're going to show me the way because I know if I focus on that, I'm going to melt and, and, and I can't. The most miracle things happen. Perfect realtor. We found the connections, the, the perfect people. We ended up with that. And it was a 500-acre ranch with spring-fed lakes. And it was something that usually takes, you know, a year. To sell, but you... to sell, and we had it. In, I, I signed the papers on that, and my parents, they had so much stuff. It was like, how am I going to get rid of this? Yeah. Yeah, I used to say my mother was a hoarder with a housekeeper. Yes, I, I, I went through my mom's stuff. <laughs> Wouldn't you say, though, that a lot of times that these things happen to us, and we have the magic, and we follow our intuition – People don't always identify or realize the magic that is happening in their day. Oh, yeah. It's so important to stay in appreciation because when you see it and you appreciate it and you recognize it, that helps you keep recognizing it. And keep getting it and keep seeing it and keep receiving it. But sometimes it's hard to see all of those good things, especially if if you are in a little bit of a... You can't when you're in a low place. That's why I said, I'm giving it to you. I'm trusting... I knew that when you get overwhelmed, I mean, I'd already done it. I knew when you were overwhelmed, you don't see it. You, it's not that it's not being sent your way. You, you, you just aren't available it. for it. You're not in the same vibration. You're, you're in this believing that nothing's good and nothing's coming to you, and you're seeing all the negative, and you're not seeing the positive, and you're not getting the intuition. It's not that they're not being sent, but you're not receiving. And, yeah. and I knew I wanted to stay in that place of receiving, and the difference was just so hard to even describe. You know, you write out the stories, but that feeling, the miracles, the and the things that show up. And, in, in, you know, that same day, I was, after everybody left, because I went back in the house, I didn't tell anybody else what happened, because I didn't want to be in the vibration of that story, of that negativity. Right. I just wanted to envelope the love that was in that house and, and work on the things that we needed to do. Later, when everybody left, I was in the guest bedroom by myself, and I heard a thud, and then another one, and I looked up, and this female cardinal was slamming into the window. Aww. And my mother, yes, my mother, you know cardinals are a sign anyway, mm-hmm. but she bluebirds and cardinals. And I turned and ran, I ran out to the kitchen and opened the door, and she flew up in the tree next to her partner. And they both just sat there looking at me, and I just had this incredible sense of peace. And I said, thank you. I love those signs. I get, right? Both my parents are gone. So I, 
I live for the signs. I love the signs um, from them. And I know not everybody believes in that. And that's okay. You can believe in what you believe in. But for me, um, these signs are just, you know, that she's, it's been for me 14 years, but that she's still, you know, around and she's still with me and watching out for me. I love those signs. And, and again, it's paying attention to those signs. And well, you know what? our see, loved ones are always with us in our heart. I, and they are. And I see more and more people believing in the signs and seeing the signs, which mm-hmm. puts my heart with love because I think it changes your path through grief when you realize that they're not gone. They're, no, they're their love, you. their soul. And yes. And I've even had it even more interesting because my relationship with my mom has grown because she's able to support me in ways that she wouldn't have been able to hear. You know, just mm-hmm. the things that she grew up with and the beliefs that she had. And then I see her support me because she shows up when I'm doing these things. When she was still alive, if I would have said I was going to sell my veterinary practice before I was ready to retire and do something different. It would have I- been, yeah. No, and, no, it would have been. And, a and no. I know she <laughs> is with me, and that's been a beautiful, fun thing to know because you know that when you leave here, you're healed, and the things, the blocks that you have that you struggle with, are gone. And then you see it when you see them show up in love and support where you are now and what you're doing now. And you know, I've recently I've said, "Hey, God, I know that more people than just my mom and dad are with me." And I don't always see my dad, and I know how much he loved me, and I know he's here. And so I'm like, I want to be able to see more clearly when daddy's with me. And I said that the day after I said that, I found a heads-up penny outside the gym door right before I was going to do something that was majorly important for myself. And I was like, oh, hello, dad. (laughs) I love those. I mean, those signs are amazing to me. As we wrap up, what's this one piece of advice you would give our listeners to live extraordinary, an extraordinary life? What's a piece of advice that you'd like to share? You know, really believing in yourself, but that's a journey sometimes. So take the steps, do whatever you need to do to learn how to let that love in because you can reverse your learning and rebuild your resilience and reframe how you think. I call it the reframe game, to change those negative thoughts into positive. Because into, it, you can't go from telling yourself, you don't like something about or you can't do something. You can't just go, oh, I can do this because you won't believe it and you need to feel it. So there's steps that you can change the wording. You can say, what if I really could do that? What if this is possible? What would it be like if I could live in a house like I would like to imagine? And let your imagination go from there without any hows. Like you don't need the how-to. Just you imagine the, possibility. The simply let some light in, let some imagination in, because you're going to start to see things move when you do that. And, you know, I have a Facebook group called How to Build an Extraordinary Life. Imagine that. Love that. We do lives every Tuesday, and people can ask questions. They can post questions later, come back and answer them. The whole goal is, what are your blocks? What can we do to help you find that space? Because everyone, everyone deserves and can And an extraordinary life is about a mindset. It's about choices. It's about being able to feel good the majority of the time and to live connected to who you are so that you don't need others' approval. You can let them be whoever they are because you can be who you are. And so it's not about amassing certain things. You know, you can have an extraordinary life doing whatever you're doing right now in the life that you're in right now. 
just by changing the way you see the ordinary because you can make the ordinary. I love that. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Dr. Lucette. Please um, check out her links, the Facebook group. You'll see everything in the bio, her bio and everything on the page, but please check her out and she can help you live an extraordinary life too. Hang on. I will do a few minutes of my coaching corner. But thank you again, Dr. Lucette, for joining us today. You're welcome. It was my pleasure. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you so much for staying on to listen to the Coaching Corner. We just talked to Dr. Lucette and something that she said about the signs. We talked a little bit about her her parents are gone. As you know, my parents are also gone. And those signs that we get, 